Hey, Fort Worth, I'm Maddie Parker, and I'm honored to be the mayor of this city. We are growing, innovating, and moving forward together. It's go time in Fort Worth. Hey, Fort Worth, and welcome back to Go Time. In this podcast, I talk about what's going on in our local government, and I talk to interesting and innovative people in our community. The Fort Worth Hispanic Chamber of Commerce was formed in the 1970s when a small group of minority businesses saw a need for effective representation in the local business community. In the decades since the Hispanic Chamber has grown to represent the hundreds of businesses and leaders promoting international trade, education, opportunity, and economic mobility for all. And leading since July 2019 is President and CEO of the Fourth Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, Annette Landeros. Welcome, Annette. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm honored that you're here. So I'm going to talk a little bit about you, which sometimes is awkward, I know, but I want you to tell all of your accomplishments because I want people to get to know you a little bit. And we're talking about the chamber also. So before taking your role at the chamber, you were the project manager for the Office of Inspector General of the United States Department of Transportation. You led teams in program evaluation and national transportation projects. You've also spent years working with Hispanic Women's Network of Texas, a statewide nonprofit organization where you served in various capacities for over a decade. So you took this job, Annette, right before the pandemic started. That's right. Six months before. And there was so much buzz about your leadership there. And you did have a little bit of time to get started. Um, But what has it been like for you since July 2019 in this role um, as CEO? Yeah. So when I took over, I already knew that the question that we needed to answer first off is, are chambers of commerce still relevant? Like so much has changed in terms of how people do business. And before, you know, you would get involved with a chamber just to be able to interact with business leaders Mm -hmm. that you may not see day to day. But now today you can find out who's leading what company on LinkedIn. You can easily participate in different activities online or just connect with people in different ways. And so really for me, I had to take it back to the beginning of like, what is the product that we offer? Is that product still relevant? Do we need to adjust? And how do we make sure that we're serving people in the best way possible? So what'd you do first? Kind of talk to your members to start with and Absolutely. say, how's it going? Yeah. The first you know, few months, that's exactly what I did. Like how, what have you enjoyed about what our chambers had to offer? But honestly, I, I asked a lot of people to be brutally honest. Where did you think we've maybe missed the mark? Um, how can we improve? And so really I was on a listening tour of businesses okay. of all sizes. Cause we have our corporate members whose needs are very different from our small businesses. And we also have non-Hispanic members in our chamber as well. So listening to them and hearing what it was that made them interested in joining their Hispanic chamber. And so really from there, being able to digest what is the feedback that I'm getting? What is it that we're currently doing? And then what is our plan to move forward? It's awesome. Yeah. So you had six months and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So we came up with this great plan (laughs) and then the pandemic hit. So we really just were like, okay, let's put this on the back burner. But I really think that the pandemic was a blessing in disguise because if anything, it forced us to really readjust and be flexible. Um, So I tell everyone every day that a chamber is a membership organization. So at the end of the day, what we are charged to do is meet the needs of our members. And the pandemic changed the needs of all businesses immediately. And they were continuing to change and evolve as the pandemic continued to go on. So it really challenged us to be able to to really just pivot 
but also change our services with the businesses. So it made us a little bit more responsive. It put us in closer communication to our businesses. It made us listen more closely to what it was that they needed, but also allowed us the opportunity to reconnect with everyone that offers services that our members need and be able to have those relationships in our back pocket. So that way, when somebody did need something, we can make a phone call and connect them to the people they needed. So as you you did your listening tour, you implemented a plan, you pivoted during COVID, when you think back about all the things that you've gone through as a leader and your team also, um, what are your biggest learned lessons you think um, from the pandemic and especially in leadership role um, during this time? I think that it really was just to always listen to who it is that you're serving at yeah. the end of the day and make sure that you're getting that information back. Because even though we have really fantastic ideas as leaders of what we feel like they may need, if we're not checking in constantly and getting that feedback and asking, what is it that I can do to serve you, then we may be missing the mark. And that's really not what we want to do. So for us, it just meant being in closer communication with our members constantly. Yeah. So now if somebody you know needs anything, they come to us, but also we're reaching out to them and asking, how can we serve you? We haven't you know connected with you in a while. We're assuming things are great, but if not, what is it that we can do for you? Um, so really that's where we've positioned ourselves in a place of service to business. It's awesome. Um, so when you think about the chamber, what kind of growth have you seen since you started? So we've actually doubled in size. So wow. we're really excited about that. I really do think for us, again, the pandemic was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it really forced us to be in a position of serving our members. Um, but really the reason that we grew became word of mouth because people started to see the value that we were offering to them in the most, you know, really tumultuous times for their business. They started telling other businesses, hey, you really need to check out this chamber or hey, have you, you know, ever considered joining? Let me take you to a meeting. So it was really our members that started to do the recruiting for us. Mm -hmm. And so it's really exciting. I think that uh, I was just talking to my director of membership and she said that we're at 30 new members for the month of November. So that means like every Every day, literally, somebody is joining our chamber, and that's really exciting. And a lot of them are people that are just coming to us versus us going to them because they've heard yeah. something. What do you think the biggest value add is for some? And it may be different for everybody that joins, but if you had to ask for, say, one thing when you're pitching, what is that value add for folks? They really do enjoy feeling like they have a place where they can make a phone call and get an answer. Yeah. So we, at the end of the day, if you call our office, you're going to get a hold of somebody or they're going to call you right an back. An actual person? An actual person. Wow. <laughs> and whatever it may be, because business owners if you and, and business leaders, if you put yourself in their shoes, they're already managing 15 yeah. different things, especially during the pandemic talking about applying for assistance programs from the federal government, trying to deal with the, the you know, supply chain issues, workforce issues. They just needed a lifeline to pick up the phone and say, hey, I need somebody to review my lease. Can you, you know, mm -hmm. can you recommend a lawyer? Or I need, you know, a real estate agent. I need this or that. We're short on this. Um, and so really, we are just now a lifeline. People call, they get somebody they know. We can answer your questions in English and Spanish. And we're if we don't know the answer, we're going to go get it for you. And we really do, our team is energized to serve. So when we find out that an introduction actually turned into a great business partnership or a sale or whatever it may be, business growth, that for us is success. So we really do celebrate that in our office. It makes us feel really great to be able to, to see the actual tangible benefits of, of folks interacting with our chamber. Well, and I've been so impressed with you and your entire team of people who really focus on making sure Fort Worth continues to grow and be more inclusive. 
um, especially for small businesses that are trying to put their footprint, you know, make sure they're branded here in our city. They want to feel included and accepted. And your chamber has this way of making everybody excited to be a part of something. Um, and I think I do think that offering Spanish language is a, is a huge asset for your entire team to offer. Um, but it's to your point earlier, it's not just Hispanic owned businesses. And I wanted that to be clear in this podcast for those listening that are business owners. You have a service that's in addition to a Fort Worth chamber um, or in addition to the Black Chamber of Commerce, because your network is different. Yep. Um, and you really have an outreach that's with, with specific. When you think about Texas specifically, um, and our population demographics have changed, they're not shifting, they have shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean from a success standpoint for Fort Worth specifically, especially for Latinos that are own, owning businesses here in Fort Worth and how you think you can serve? Yeah, so at the end of the day, we're here to be advocates of not only you know business, but also the Hispanic population. Yeah. And we often... Pay, play a role of translating, but also not just in language, but culturally as well. How can businesses well position themselves to do business, um, to access that market, which is a huge market. The, the Latino GDP in the United States is actually larger than the entire country of Brazil. Wild. Just that population, yeah. right? And the the demographics are also shifted too. So we are here to also help businesses navigate that as well and how to use diversity and culture as a strength mm-hmm. and also how to make it a welcoming environment. When we're talking about, you know, things like Hispanic Heritage Month, we're talking about, yes, it's celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, but I want to share it with everyone, even non-Hispanics, and tell you, like, come be a part and enjoy our culture. We are here in an important fabric of your city. Um, so things that I try to remind people are in those shifts. One thing that folks may have missed is that now in the United States, the the population growth is no longer due to immigration. They are actually 80% of Latinos in the United States are American-born citizens born here. So that has changed in the last couple of decades. Folks often thought that immigration was the reason for, for um, population growth, and it was, but that is actually on the decline. It is actually American-born Latinos. So what does that mean? That means they're bicultural. I myself am bicultural, right? So I often... Quite frankly, I relate to being Texan more than anything because that in itself is a special culture of its own. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, you know, there are things that are nostalgic about Hispanic culture to me and my family that I can relate to. But there's also very Texan things that I love um, that are important to me as well. So when marketing to me, those uh, understanding the biculturalism of that population is really important. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And also folks are interested in hearing and these are conversations about the workforce. Those demographics also translate into workforce demographics. So how are we going to provide a, you know, successful workplace for people um, of different ethnicities and for them to feel comfortable, for them to feel valued, for us to be able to retain that talent? Because at the end of the day, when you find a good person, a good, you know, talented worker. You don't want to lose them. You don't want to lose them. And so how can I make sure that my workplace is somewhere where they feel great um, and they feel valued and they feel, feel seen for who they are. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that we really try to tackle in addition to business services and the value that we offer. But I think that we do that in such a welcoming way. Um, and as you mentioned, a, a very high energy, like join us um, kind of uh, atmosphere. For us, what we hear back when we talk to people that have attended one of our events, they always say, hey, I actually reconnected with somebody that I met there. And now we're talking about this project project 
or we're now doing business in this way. Um, so our members now have adopted the energy that we're putting out there and they're equally as energetic to do business with each other. Um, so it's really exciting. It's really exciting to see uh, just basically what that energy is, is starting to yield. Well, I'm excited to see all the things y'all have got going on in the future. And you mentioned Hispanic Heritage Month. You and Estella with Visit for Work did a beautiful job presenting to council a few weeks ago and the hard work you established in October. I think the next one will be even bigger. Yeah. And I do think you you sold well, even to those that didn't understand the, the, the importance of celebrating Hispanic heritage. Maybe it was lost on them, but the economic case that you yeah. made. Mm-hmm. So it should matter to everyone, even Absolutely. if you don't identify culturally. So I think, I think kudos to you and Estella for putting that forward. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to pivot a little bit and chat about you. So you switched careers, really. So how long had you been with USDOT when you came to the chamber? 12 years. Wow. So 12 years with the federal government actually across the street and our federal building. And really, honestly, did not anticipate. I, I like to tell folks when I talk to them that a lot of my life has been shaped by unanticipated just blessings. Yeah. Um, even moving to Fort Worth from Washington, D.C. really was just that I, I wanted to move back to Texas and we had an office here and it was just a lot easier for me to transfer down. Um, and I thought I'll stay in Fort Worth a year or two and then make my way back to either San Antonio, my hometown mm-hmm. or Austin where I had lived previously. And it was just an unintended blessing that I completely fell in love with the city. Yeah. Like just head over heels absolutely in love with the people here, the atmosphere here, um, how committed people are to really being hands-on and developing the community we want. That is something very unique. I've lived in several cities uh, in different parts of the country, even in the Midwest, and I have to say that Fort Worth has something really special going on. And it was it. I mean, 10 years later, 11 years later, here I am, and every day just continuing to try to give back more um, and similarly, the, the the shift from the federal government to the chamber was really just an opportunity that was, you know, highlighted to me. And I thought, this is a city that I am very committed to, and this is an opportunity to really give everything of me to to our city. Yeah. And so it's been an well, exciting. We're really journey. glad that you did. That's certainly our benefit. So you Thank grew you. up in San Antonio. That's right. And then went to UT. Right. What year did you graduate? Actually, I went to Indiana University. Okay. Graduated from there in 2005, okay. and then UT for my master's in, okay. in 2007. Okay, so that's where that's connection was, because I was yeah. at UT for undergrad the same time as you. So you yeah. did LBJ school, correct? Yep. correct. And then went from there to D.C.? Went from there to D.C. So you wanted out of D.C. How long were you there? Only two years. Okay. Which was the plan. Like, yeah. I always tell people, like, the goal was for me to get degrees in public mm-hmm. policy, go work for the federal government. I wanted to know all the country secrets. Okay. Um, and really just stay there and, and be in the middle of D.C. And and it, I tell people it's okay to get to the goal and look around and say, this wasn't. Wait a second. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this isn't exactly what I thought it was. And that's exactly what happened. I was there. The work was fascinating. But I realized that community was really important for me. Mm-hmm. I realized I was more Texan than I thought I was. <laughs> um, and after two years, I really wanted to come back. And so, and that's okay. And yeah. for me, it really was just, you know, a pivot of my own that really landed me in a place that I feel so blessed and grateful to be in. Yeah. So, and you're married. Tell everybody about your wonderful husband. Yeah, Joseph Landeros. I've been married for three years. And you have a new little boy. You have a little boy yeah. who's uh, about to turn two. He's precious. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, you and I kind of relate on that. Having young children and being in leadership sometimes has its struggles, but it also kind of keeps you grounded. That's how I feel a little bit about that. Absolutely. Yeah. It really does. And I think that every 
so often I, and I'm sure you have the same experience that there's a woman that pulls you aside and says like, thank you so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thank you so much for being so authentic about what it's like to be a mother in leadership. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's really important that we continue to exemplify and uplift mothers that are, are not going to back down from challenging positions, potentially, you know, busy positions. Um, and, and so I try to do my best to, to honor all women that are trying to do it too. Yeah, I know you do an excellent job with it. It's not easy. And I I have had the, it's really special when someone does kind of, kind of call it out and say, thank you for it. But I think that people also appreciate the authenticity you mentioned because it sort of gets old to be perfect. Yep. It's old to pretend. And sometimes I don't even have the energy to do that anyway. Nope. So <laughs> I remember this was years ago when um, Lainey, who's now five, was well, he was little. He was probably nine months old. And I had black a black suit on and I had spit up all down the right side of me. And so I was pretty much soaking wet by the time I walked into a meeting and it was somebody here in town and a woman that has, her kids are grown said, I've been there, you're doing fine. Like, just keep your head up. And I was like, I needed to hear that today. It was not easy. Absolutely. I know. I, I mean, you and I were at the ribbon cutting for the North Main Bridge. Oh and, yeah, was uh, so sweet. I know Joaquin had to come with me. My husband was out of town and he did really great when we gave remarks and then it came time for photos and he just was done He's with mama. mama's boy. Yeah, yeah. he was uh -huh. like, where's my mama going? Mm -hmm. And he just broke down and and you said like just bring him with you and the pictures turned out so cute and he's in there yeah. he's in all the photos but that for me was a really you know important moment and I've mentioned this as well that you know that you said like just bring him not a big deal you know what I mean um and rather than making it awkward or being like yeah. oh you know let's give her a moment to compose her child no it was, you know, and he, there he was on my hip and it was fantastic. And I'm excited to show him those pictures. You know what I mean? That he was equally as important as the things that mom has going on professionally yeah. and that he always had a place there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a good lesson. I like the way you put that. It is, it's a balance, but sometimes your kids need to realize they're just as important as what's going absolutely. on. Absolutely. Their life just may be a little bit different, right? You're rather than at the playground that day, he got to be in some pictures. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you think about Fort Worth right now and your role here, you and Joseph are not just, you're not just in your own leadership roles. You're also building a business. That's right. It just opened last week. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's open. Okay, we're all going to go visit. So it's Casa Azul. <laughs> Give everybody the address. We want to go by and, and be patrons. Yeah, it's at 300 West Central Avenue. Um, and it opened on Monday, so they're in their second week now. New coffee shop, y'all. New coffee shop. And so this was always kind of a dream of Joseph's to pursue. And I've told folks that he's been talking about this since before I was with the chamber. And as a spouse, when he started talking about owning a business, especially since I was very much in my federal career, risk averse, I just remember kind of being like, oh, yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, like not sure that, you know, that's going to, that's going to, what that's going to look like. Um, but it was the switch to the chamber that really, and being surrounded by entrepreneurs and people that are doing it, they're chasing the dream, they're making it happen, they're making it work. And they're, you know, it's not easy, but they're making it look easier, at least being, you know, very energetic about learning as you go, that really made me mentally change my, my mindset as a spouse and say, I think this is, this could work, you know what I mean? And I'm fully behind you as well. And so it's really excited to see it come to fruition. It also, for me, you know, even though, you know, I am a co-owner, but he's really the lead, it's 
by watching him has offered me a very intimate um, viewpoint of what my chamber members have also gone through. So now I fully understand all of the, the emotions, but also the frustrations and the learning as you go that, that small business owners are facing. Um, So I think it's actually been also a strength in my current role to really be able to, to walk in their footsteps as well. Awesome. And the location is pretty special too, right? So it's not just a, an, another coffee shop. It's got a really special location you guys renovated. Yeah. So it used to be, um, so Sammy's Restaurant, which was owned um, by the Sammy Pantoja and his family, which a lot of people who are originally from here remember Sammy's Restaurant. It used to be really open late. So people would go dance in the stockyards and then come there after. Um, but it was always a family owned location. And so we actually bought the place from his daughter. But it was really interesting to hear about the Fort Worth history of, of folks that used to visit there. I know they mentioned that Van Clyburn used to take his mom there. They have a p- famous potato soup that folks used to love. Um, but what was really amazing was to hear um, from Sammy's daughter about how they kind of grew up there. And, yeah. you know, this was their family business. And so now Joaquin, our son, is having that same experience. Now he, you know, plays in the patio and he has his own little, you know, section of toys that he drags out every time he's there. Um, and so it's really excited to to keep it family owned. Yeah. Um, Casa Azul. So it's also offering like Latino inspired flavors like Tres Leches Latte and um, Cafe de Oya, which is really special. So when I'm there, folks tell me, you know, this reminds me of coffee my grandmother used to make. Oh, that's really special. Yeah. So flavors that are really nostalgic mm-hmm. for our community. Um, and the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Everyone's really excited to have coffee in the North side. There really wasn't a lot of options there. Um, and, and they're really excited to have something culturally different, but also nostalgic for folks that really appreciate flavors of, of their, you know, their family. Um, and also folks that are interested in trying something slightly different, a different type of coffee. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so proud of y'all. I hope, hope Joseph's sleeping. Has it been crazy the last few weeks? It has been crazy, but oh my gosh, he, his energy level is at a thousand. He is happier than I've ever seen him. I think that the fact that when you work so hard to make a dream come true, he's just on cloud nine right now. That makes me so congratulations. We'll come by and see you. We're, we're good coffee drinkers around here. So we we definitely (laughs) need it to keep our energy up. Um, love it. Well, think of anything else that we didn't mention today that you wanted people to listen to. It, it's just a pleasure to get to share your story more broadly. I cannot wait to see what you do next, truthfully. The Chamber's on in such a great trajectory. And I know everybody that works with you has glowing things to say. Um, we wish we could clone you and put you everywhere for sure. Thank yeah. you. I just, I would say that for everyone who's, uh, you know, listening, which by the way, one of my um, team members listens to your podcast oh, every tell week. tell her she, thank you. Yeah, she mentions it. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. She, she <laughs> listens. Um, but I think that right now is such a special time in Fort Worth, right? And so I the, the energy that I'm feeling is like none other. And I just really encourage everyone that um, the energy is here, that we want this to be the Fort Worth for everyone. Mm-hmm. And we want everyone in every neighborhood to feel included and successful and seen and heard. And so for anybody that's out there that may feel like that's not a feeling that they feel yet, to reach out in any way that they can, whether it be directly to their city council members, whether it be to you, whether it be through their chamber, any organization that they feel comfortable with, because right now is a time that we want everyone on board to help shape the city that we want. Um, And that's a very unique situation for a city to be in. We're growing tremendously, but also very intentionally. The conversations that are happening, the conversations that you're hosting Mm -hmm. and that I'm a part of, 
are really intentional about making sure that we grow to be the city that we want for every corner of Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't feel that way yet, if you're listening and you want to get more involved, now's the time. And the chamber is one way to do it if you'd like to join us in that. Um, but we're here to serve and here to direct you to, you know, whatever you may need. That's, that's a good point. And that you, and I, I will vouch for y'all really, I've been to your events before. No one will go home feeling like they didn't meet someone or get connected somehow, which is a really important way to do that. But we're all on the same mission, right? It's like, there's so much noise happening across the country and everybody seems to want to disagree, especially on social media. And I want Fort Worth to be an example of what it looks like to work together to build the city that we've always dreamed of. And you're right, the energy is palpable. I mean, yeah. there is so much interest right now in getting it right. Um, and I'm just, I feel blessed to get to be a part of that as and well. And we don't always have to agree. No. We can Mm-mm. we can learn from each other though, right? In our yeah. different perspectives as well. And so that's really exciting. I feel right now is a good opportunity to share those different perspectives and try to find somewhere where we can meet in the middle. Yes, well said, absolutely. Well, thank you for taking the time. I know you're very busy. Awesome, Great to thank see you so you. much. Uh-huh. Awesome, thanks y'all. Learn more about GoTime and nominate a future GoTime guest at fortworthtexas.gov backslash GoTime. Listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. GoTime is produced by staff here at the City of Fort Worth, Bethany Warner, Katie Holloway, and John Michael Perkins. Katie and John Michael also produce our Water Utilities podcast, H2OMG. Give it a listen.